1: Velveeta. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sick odds of the 20th century from I Love Lucidum News Radio. I'm your TV guide, Brent White. I'm also a reporter-producer for Decider.com. This week, I am joined by New Heart Historian, Reagan J. Fishman. Hello, Reagan. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Great. How's it going? It is going very well. Welcome to, welcome to Thanksgiving, it, right? Yeah, <laughs> it it is, is officially Thanksgiving now that we've watched an episode of uh, Thanksgiving New Heart. Ah. <laughs> uh,
2: we are buried deep in the troughs of the holidays
1: right now. And Ross yeah welcome to my Newhart, um, shrine of an office. Yeah,
2: there is Newhart in or- literally every direction that I come look I mean, yeah, right Yeah, yeah,
1: I also have, yeah, VHS tapes over there. And I noticed there
2: were VH- VHSs outside with the DVDs as well. Oh, yeah, 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 you know, I, yeah I, I, that. I have
1: a lot of, um, yeah, we have these, like, glass, uh, end tables that we just, like, shove things in, so that means that there are Newhart, or there are Bob Newhart VHS tapes, like, on display in our living room that... Is just because they're there. Uh, (laughs) I have too much stuff, and it just ends up everywhere. But it's good
2: stuff. It's stuff that I appreciate.
1: Yes, yes. So this week on the show, we will be traveling to November 24th, 1986. Crocodile Dundee ruled the box office. You Give Love a Bad Name by Bon Jovi topped the charts. And CBS aired the New Heart episode, Thanksgiving for the Memories. Reagan, you must have seen Thanksgiving for the Memories before today.
2: Um, Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen the entire show through more times than I care to admit. But yes. (laughs) Like
1: 12 times? Oh, Oh. more than that. What is the history with Newhart? Because I think we have opposite histories of of re-Newhart, which is fascinating.
2: Well, I didn't, you know, it wasn't, I tried to find this through Google and Google gave me nothing. I do not remember it being in syndication in New York at all. I never saw it in reruns growing up. Yeah. Um... Nobody in my family was a, a fan of New Heart, but my mother was a fan of catchphrases, and literally every single time she saw somebody in a winter hat of any kind, she would just start going, I am Larry, and this is my brother Daryl, and that is kind <laughs> of what I knew of it, and then um, I remember like seeing, I think it was like Entertainment Tonight, and they did uh, it, something in the lead up to the last episode of yeah. New Heart.
1: Which is what, 92? 91. It was
2: 90.
1: 90, Um, yeah, yeah. And
2: then when the last episode of New Heart hit, it, like, dominated every news program, every newspaper for weeks, because there was just nothing else to talk about at the time. And that's also, like,
1: back before the super fast turnover of just, like, pop culture, where, like... You care about a thing for literally a weekend, and then the next thing. Yeah, is like, nice. the shelf
2: life yeah. of your attention span is nothing. Now. Yeah. Um, and that, but people really, like, I mean, and it became so iconic. Like yeah, it, And it was repeated in so many, like, other, like, Breaking Bad repeated it. Dallas kind of referenced it a little bit, yeah, like, it's
1: all over the place. I've literally seen the last scene of New Heart... More than I've seen that episode. Yeah. I actually don't even know if I've seen the whole episode. I know I've only seen the last part I of it. I think
2: that's probably... Most of America has probably seen that last 30 seconds more than it's one, any part of the series.
1: So when did the Facebook group happen? Because um, you run the premier New Heart Facebook group <laughs> that has literal, like, actors and writers and people and who involved people in the, the show yeah. on it, uh, all part of, like, a community that is fostering love for a show that you can't stream anywhere... And also, isn't is syndicated on like antenna or it's decades? Decades, yeah, decades.
2: Bought it two years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. I so I rewatched it through. Like I think I had seen. So then maybe on, on Nick at Night, like.
1: It joined years, Nick at Night like late years like, late after
2: maybe. I was aware of it and I watched a couple of times and like my head was like, "It is a show populated by grumpy adults and it's about <laughs> skiing and I'm not interested in this at all." Um, and I was completely wrong, but it, you know, I I during the Nick at Night like cycle, I managed to watch enough of a chunk of it that I thought, "Oh, actually, this is really well written."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, it's the comedy doesn't feel dated. It's not, it's, like, there's no laugh track. It's all very natural, very organic, and it's funny. And it's, like, I, I'm genuinely laughing at this, and nothing feels
1: forced. Um, it's very surreal, and surreal ages very well. Yeah, <laughs> Which is kind of weird. I
2: um, love that. Yeah, and, and then it came back on Antenna in, like, 2014, 2015. And I finally got to watch it through beginning to end. And not only did I absolutely love it and realize my god this is it's so brilliant and it's completely kind of forgotten by time and very yeah. much i think overshadowed by the bob newhart show which is oh
1: see i have the oh yeah we come from birth flip sides of the coin because i think bob newhart shows overshadowed by newhart which is a weird so like yes yeah, so, like my story of it was like i grew up with the bob newhart show i think i always say that the newhart was at the wrong time for me because it was new while i was i was six when it off the air so I was too young to watch it new, but then it was still too new to be on Nick at Night. But the Bob Newhart show was old, so it was on Nick at Night. So I like imprinted on Bob Newhart show as a child all the way up through college. And by the time I got to college, I I think that's when Newhart was on Nick at Night, and I just didn't have time for it, I guess. So I always imprint on the Bob Newhart show. And I guess it kind of depends on which point of view you're coming from, because... Whenever I get annoyed because every time I say I love Bob Newhart, the first thing people always say back to me like, "Oh, I love that show." This is my brother Daryl, my other brother Daryl. I'm like, "No, that's that's his '80s show. I love the Bob. I know they're titled very confusingly. One is the Bob Newhart show. Like, so that always happens with me when I'm like, "No, I like the Bob Newhart show. It's the one with the psycho- psychologist. Okay, that's fine. They're all great. Like, I have to always like deflect it. So it is, but it is weird to think that because the Bob Newhart show is now on Hulu finally." Whereas for a long time you only had season 1 of new heart on hulu and now it yeah. isn't even on there and season 1 of new heart is a rougher go much much <laughs> i mean it's
2: a, i mean I, but they learned their lesson cuz oh quick yeah it's like it's much more slapsticky like it's on video it's and video videotape, it's, it's, which is it's terrible so
1: weird and also the um original cast is also like Was it Kirk? Wait, Kirk.
2: Kirk and Leslie. Yeah. And, you know, I learned what the word anodyne meant, because someone (laughs) described her as anodyne, and she is. she's just kind of, she's very nice and lovely in that early 80s pretty way, but she's just sort of a nice piece of furniture who's there to not cause any problems and, and react to things. And then
1: Kirk's character game is that he's a liar, which is, like, fun for an episode, but it's hard to build a whole character that you want to root for, like, see every week around, he's lying all the time. Yeah, that's
2: also the thing, is, like, no, I don't think that a sitcom especially can sustain a really dislikable character for the entirety of its run.
1: Because even, like, Michael and Stephanie are dislikable, but you love how funny they are, so therefore they're... Or there's still, like, a tinge of, like, sadness or patheticness to them. And (laughs) they're also
2: not malevolent. Yeah,
1: whereas he was, like kind of malevolent.
2: And it's not, I mean, actually if you rewatch it, to the credit of Stephen Campman, he's an amazing performer, yeah. and his, especially towards the end of his run, like, his performances are actually become some of the strongest on the series, it's just the character is vile
1: does not hold up well yeah so this week on Must Have Seen TV we will be talking about the new hard episode Thanksgiving for the Memories it is the 8th episode of season 5 and was written by David Merkin and directed by J.D. LeBue here is how the DVD box set which I am literally opening up describes the episode One disaster follows another until everybody's ready to take this Thanksgiving and stuff it. (laughs) Reagan, how accurate is that description? It's
2: accurate not just for this, but like, it became such a trope of every Thanksgiving (laughs) episode. It had to be like, everything that can go wrong does go wrong. Ugh,
1: that's my favorite genre of Thanksgiving episode is the... Or any holiday episode is when everything goes wrong, like the full house when they're all in an airport is great yep. as like dumb as Full House is, but that's still like a fun episode. <laughs> uh yeah, so this one so New Heart doesn't really do cold opens. No, not at all. It just jumps right in, it jumps in hot with that cool theme.
2: Well, also because the way the commercial breaks were structured mm. is they usually did the show in like three or four acts, and they never, a lot of sitcoms will do the cold open and then go right to titles, right to a commercial, yeah, and, and Newhart yeah. never did that. So you got bigger f- chunks of story.
1: That, yeah, which is, it helps it flow a little bit more. It's not as broken up. Uh, you pointed out that so the, the theme song is by Harry Mancini, right? Mm-hmm. Henry, yeah. Henry Mancini. Henry Mancini. And <laughs> it is so delightful. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of the opposite of Newhart, which or of, of the Bob Newhart show which is also kind of indicative of the shows like the Bob Newhart show's theme is very like big and it's brassy. Just, it's a
2: stinger. It's like, it's like, it's, like burr, yeah. burr, and
1: it's like we're in Chicago I'm riding the, the the L and this one is more like
2: Well it was I think like it was it was a choice because it, you know it immediately brings you into a different universe than the Bob Newhart show, like where it's less snarky. It's much more cuddly and sweatery. Yeah. This is very,
1: very cozy. And the Bob Newhart show is very prickly. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like a weird like personality test of like which Bob show are you? Are you George and Leo or Bob? <laughs> or I'm a Bob Newhart show. I love watching him getting on that L train going in the wrong direction to work. <laughs> um, but you pointed out that all the scenes in the opening credits are from *On Golden Pond*.
2: Yes, like they're
1: actually like just pulled from there, like,
2: directly from *On Golden*. Pot. That
1: is wild. Was uh, is a theme song from *On Golden Pond*? No,
2: I it, the, it was written for the show. Did, I believe. Did, did but he it...
1: do the music for *On*? Un- he was well he was a I mean, huge he, yeah he did the music for everything yeah he's but... a big yeah, and the, the theme song is a great theme song um although part of me does wonder like what if he had the, the classic like all of them like turning to the camera like Tom Post and like Breaking, well, some, are, like actually, sticking his head out, and he's covered in soot.
2: There's an episode, like in the the last season, when they have totally different writers, and it goes off the deep end, which is a direct lampoon and shade at all the Miller Boyette Oh sitcoms. See, I and to they that have yet. they have a sitcom within a sitcom where they do all of that. Okay, they like to, lampoon
1: oh. all of those kinds. Was there nine or eight seasons? There's eight. Okay, so i I think I've seen up through seven. Um There's a lot of TV. There's so much TV. God. Um, so the episode starts with, uh, I keep want to say Bob, but his name is Dick. Uh, dick. It's also weird that he didn't name himself George. Because, you know, Bob Newhart loves playing people yeah. that are just his name. Right. Um, he would do that with George and Leo. So it is where the, like, Dick comes out of nowhere in a way. Uh, but also I
2: think that's partially because if the way they use Dick throughout the series yeah, yeah. is so often just itself a, a punchline. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs>
1: Uh, so he's super excited about getting a set of carving knives. Which is
2: weird because in the whole show, he's never excited about anything ever. I know,
1: that was what I noticed. Like He even goes to like, Thanksgiving and his favorite holiday. He loves the balloons. He loves the football. And it's like, that's so it's out so of character. so
2: off-brand. Yeah. Completely. There
1: is, you could see, like that is the thing I've noticed about the difference between Bob Hartley and Dick Loudon is Dick Loudon is a lot more, like, just leave me alone. <laughs> I guess because it's Bob's job to actually have to put up with people and it's Dick's job to be like, I'm... You're paying me money to go up there yeah. to go away. Why wouldn't you go away?
2: Well, the, at the heart of both of those shows, it's always like Bob Newhart reacting to various to, crazy people to around wild him. People. Yeah. But. Dick is kind of more like, he doesn't really have a reason to be so annoyed at his life all yeah. the time because his life is really pleasant. Oh, right. really he does nice. have
1: three jobs, so maybe he is under a lot of just, like, self-imposed stress. He just keeps on taking on assignments. <laughs> um, so, I also wanted to point out that, um, so the football, he loves football, which is what the most famous Bob Newhart show Thanksgiving episode is a football episode, right. and then Balloons, which the Bob Thanksgiving episode is Mad Dog. Seen, yeah. It's Mad Dog gets a balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and then they all, like, fly, I think, from Chicago to New York. It's insane. (laughs) Um, Also, a character that had just been introduced in comics a little bit before would not immediately have a balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, but whatever, I'll do that next year. Uh, And then we get the entrance from Larry, Daryl, and Daryl.
2: Which the reaction of the audience, and I have to point this out because you notice as the episode goes on, the audience is kind of descending interest to everybody that gets introduced, yeah. but it's absurd.
1: Hi, I'm Larry, this is my brother Daryl, and this is my other brother Daryl.
2: Like, I mean, And people don't realize, I think, that at that time, Larry, Daryl, and Daryl were like, MTV Elvis level oh yeah no celebrities like would cause hysteria in malls that's so um, great
1: cuz those two guys never had to memorize any laws.
2: <laughs> no yeah they never i mean they were contractually not allowed to speak in public period oh, end of sentence wow um and it's but i just think it's really funny because there is again there's another episode in in the 8th season where Bill Daley comes on and there is this pregnant pause because there's an expectation that the audience is gonna be like Bill Daly, oh my God, Bob Newhart show, I dream of. Yeah, they should love and it. There's nothing. Boo, not, I don't like anyone in like that one audience. Slow clap. Hiss. Yeah. Even He's when Mr. Carlin shows up in the seventh season, same thing. And he shows up as Mr. Carlin, oh, yeah. as his character, yeah, and yeah. like the audience is like, eh, eh, oh, we get we it. Get, and it's just like it's just so strange. Jeez, uh, show some respect. <laughs>
1: So they invite uh, Joanna and Dick over for an intimate ritual, and the and Dick's reaction is to immediately put Joanna behind him. To protect <laughs> which her. Which is really funny. Uh, but it's, no, their intimate ritual is Thanksgiving. And of course they're like, oh, uh, no thanks.
2: And it's, like, again, also, like, like, they've been on the show now for four years, yeah. and they're friends with Dick and Joanna, and, like, Dick is still constantly, like, there's never any warmth. He's not nice to them. No.
1: It's so, it's such a long time to maintain the exact same level of, like, deference dif- like, like, or, like, exactly. distance from people. Uh, it's at this point that I wrote down that Bob or Dick is wearing a really nice log gray cardigan and a maroon plaid shirt that I, uh, dug. So, you know, I did not notice what Joanna is wearing at all in this episode, which I guess shows what kind of gay I am. Not <laughs> a typical one. <laughs> so i am like, this is a show for sweaters. Um... We then the basically the the main uh, thrust or I the mean, one of the main like hiccups of the episode is um, as Tom Posta and George comes in and he says like the
2: electrical wiring in this place is for the birds. The whole inn should be
0: done over soon. How how soon? Before there's a big fire. <laughs>
2: Which is something also they would do constantly is just sort of come up with an idea and not really have a solid way to introduce it, but because it was funny, let's just throw it out there anyway. (laughs)
1: Yeah. We get the the scene of the electrician coming in and playing like hardball, which I like. uh, Oh God, what was it that made? uh, Dick says, Dick asks like, well, can you just have the electricity on while you fix it? And he's like, what? You want my people to get like fried? (laughs) And then after he does that, the electrician just like looks at Dick like... He's a murderer I'm yeah
2: saying. but my favorite part of that interaction too is when uh when george is showing dick the estimate this is not something anyone would do in life like if you want to go and look at an estimate you walk into the other room and talk and he just sort of shows him the piece of paper while he's mugging like well he's yeah. obviously like like gritting his teeth <laughs> and trying to look like he's not doing something shady like it's just i thought i mean the whole interaction is really funny and it plays off very well of Tom Poston, like, embodying this, like, O.G.
1: oh gosh, like, totally yeah.
2: innocent man-child character.
1: <laughs> He's such a great character actor, and I also, I love that he, their dynamic is so different than the one they have on the Bob Newhart show, because the peeper is just a wrecking ball of, like, machismo and pranks, and yeah. it's just so cool to see Tom Poston, like, run that gamut, because Georgia is the exact opposite.
2: I mean, they I think, again, it was a purple... F- Purposeful decision because they wanted as much of a departure yeah. from everything people knew of them already. And also
1: the fact, also the fact that Tom Poston marries Suzanne Plachet later. It yeah. honestly, it, there are all these like little points of connection between the two shows that I find really like endearing. It's like a larger universe of yeah. That actually, when love. I remember
2: like whatever when that they married in like. Two thousand five or two thousand two, yeah. whatever. I was like that just warmed my soul. I yeah. thought that was the sweetest thing. It's just so great, and I have such affection for her. As much as I love Mary Fran, um, you know, like Emily was just so much more of a character that I could personally. Oh yeah, I mean, with.
1: she's so independent and so just like feisty and fiery and just like it's she's great. It's and she
2: funny. embodies like all of Suzanne. Clichette's brooklyn girl attitude which
1: is (laughs) me to a t yeah oh i love that so much uh so then we get the the next thing is stephanie comes in and she she like invites everyone to thanksgiving which is very generous.
2: And also, she gets no reaction. That It's another thing that I have to point out. is Peter Scolari comes in, now he's got a oh, slightly my. more lukewarm reaction from the audience. She comes down the stairs, nothing yeah, whatsoever. And that was weird.
1: I, I was shocked. I think I was like, I can't believe that Peter Scolari got applause. Like, a lot of
2: applause. Yeah, right? it
1: was very surprising, because... I don't know, I, like, I know on Seinfeld, when Michael Richards started getting applause, they would start editing it out. Because, like, Larry David's like, that's not the kind of show we do!
2: And also, it would distract from his entrance. Yeah! Like it, would make it, it would make it look like a gag instead of just being funny. Yeah, being so funny.
1: that's how he does things. Uh, I did write down that Stephanie is wearing just a wild, like, neon pink sweater that I thought had music notes on it, but it really just has, like... It's just graphics. Yeah, like, we are just graphics. One
2: of my biggest complaints, and if you watch the DVD, uh, Julia Duffy speaks about it, is that In the first season and, like, a half, up until the end of the second season, um, the fashion is fairly sedate, and it looks like New England. Yeah. And then Julia Duffy and Mary Fran both had more say in their own wardrobe, and the 80s hit that show like a bomb, but just for the women. (laughs) Like, it became shoulder pads to the eyes, like, hair teased up to the sky. huge. And everything neon, all of Stephanie's outfits were neon pink teddy bears like crossword puzzles and it just didn't <laughs> fit with Vermont at all. Yeah,
1: I'm like I I do think I really like Dick's wardrobe in this cuz it that feels like my version of the 80s right. where like there's a lot of tweed, a lot of plaid and cardigans and it's very subdued. Um I feel like they could have gone harder on Michael. Like he could have branched out and had a little bit of like Bigger 80s style. But I feel like
2: if they did that, then they might have given him that, like, Don Johnson.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what I was exactly like. Like, pushing the sleeves up. And, of course, George is not going to wear anything. No, (laughs) he's 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 in his
2: overalls almost the entire
1: series. (laughs) (laughs) So she's super excited because Michael is giving her, like, a turkey, terry turkey uh, stuffed animal. And she's like, oh, he can meet my Petey rabbit, which is the first time I've ever heard of Petey the rabbit. Uh, and apparently this is, a uh, gift number one of the 12 days of Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving, yes. Because <laughs> she has 25 days of Christmas, which, you know what? I feel her. <laughs> That's the way it should be. It
2: should absolutely be. <laughs> but I also need to point out that, like, that relationship is so strange to me because he's very whipped by her for no reason whatsoever because it is the most sexless relationship on oh, television. Oh, yeah, they
1: immediately jump to, like, um... Frank and Claire Underwood status. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like like he's he stays over once in the entire series and it's a big issue and he never wants him to see her like he doesn't want her to see him waking up. Um you know like even like when they're in the mansion later like they just go upstairs to watch Captain EO and nothing else happens and that's how it is until they're married.
1: Oh yeah. It's really weird. I wonder if it's just like game recognizes game and he's like, I need to be with this.
2: Someone who is my equal. Even though she is a
1: maid, but still. (laughs) In
2: obnoxiousness and yuppiness. Yeah. (laughs) And also like, to point out that Peter Scolari through the entire series speaks in alliteration almost exclusively yeah. and he does i mean he was nominated for emmys that he never got but he really deserved them because it's yeah, m- is... it's not an easy thing to keep up for you know for
1: eight seasons in general my my hot take on the 80s is that they're kind of a wasteland of sitcoms and there are <laughs> just a, like cheers new Heart, golden girls designing women uh the last night court of- like
2: the last seasons of Taxi, last season's of Fire. Yeah,
1: other. like it gets with, like, yeah. a lot of it is the exact same. Like, here's a family, here's a cute child, and here's just, like, the same formulas every week. It's, and it, they, which reaches, like, its zenith with the TGIF. Like, oh, that yeah. is just, the, like, the crystallization. Like, they perfected the machine. They're just churning and them out. And they just spat them out, absolutely. Uh, and it, it, it's so. Wow, like, I wonder who was beating him for supporting actor at those.
2: Don Larquette actually beat him, I think, oh, okay. several times. Cool, well,
1: you know, um, I can agree with that. But maybe you know what, emmy's Spread around. Stop, stop <laughs> with the streets. Jeez. Um, so now we're at the Vanderkellen mansion. Uh, At this point, Dick is wearing a really nice, like, is it like a mohair? It's like a checked, uh, like, stripedy-checkety, like, multicolored cardigan. But it's, like, really dark.
2: And he's got a jacket over it, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, it's so... Well, yeah. I think it's so dark it looks like a job. Like, it's really... Like, you can't tell that it's kind of like an orange and a blue and a green because it's, like, a really deep... Although it's really nice. nice. Really good job, wardrobe people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... During this phase of the mansion stay, he is not happy with it. Now, therefore, they're there for multiple days because there's a wardrobe change.
2: But also, that's the timing in this episode makes zero sense. Yeah, cause... like it cannot have possibly happened in the allotment of time that they want you to believe that it did. <laughs> like she, uh, they came with clothes. Mary Fran walks out in her tennis outfit that she would have had to have packed. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> it, and like and like Stephanie and Michael are also in tennis clothes. And then when Stephanie comes out. A third time, she's in a completely different sweater than she left in.
1: Well, I'm like, so Bob starts in that cardigan. Then the next scene, which I guess is the next day, he's wearing what he wears for the rest of the the episode, which is what I like. I think it's a gray slacks, a blue shirt, and a gray tweed jacket. No tie, open a little bit. And I'm like, that's great. Great look. Maybe I'll wear that at Thanksgiving this year. Uh, But, like, they're there, and they're all just trying to, like, get Dick out of his funk. Dick, are you
2: going to have some fun, or are you just going to keep pouting?
0: I'm a grown man. I do not pout
1: and why are you just sitting around here moping in this lovely mansion
0: because i want thanksgiving at my house with my turkey and my knives
1: interrupted by indoor golf and jetpacks. well
2: also this is like the (laughs) the suspension of disbelief mansion because like they always want you it's the there's like but three or four times it appears on the series and every time they want you to believe that it's this amazing house that has uh, like a Heated indoor pool, indoor golf, jet pack. Multiple Captain pools. One's like freshwater,
1: salt, salt water, water like geez. exactly.
2: But all you ever see is like the, the room, which is actually and the, which is the reason you don't see the dining room is the redressed uh, Newhart regular dining room as this mansion is oh. full of like you know crusty old antiques looking yeah. like an old people house as much as an old people house can be. Um, but it's all like it just leaves it up to the viewer to kind of project and imagine what this super fun, amazing mansion just would indoor be.
1: Indoor golf is so impractical, <laughs> and it's a great joke. I mean, it's, it's that absurd humor that still plays today because it isn't. I don't know, there's a I don't know, you watch the like 80s family sitcoms and it's like those stale, like I'm gonna. Why don't you go back home, like flat face like you know, to like that annoying neighbor <laughs> person. It's like that stale kind of like really tropey comedy. And this is like indoor golf is still funny today.
2: And it's unexpected and Bob weird. Newhart on a jetpack yeah. <laughs> is still really funny today. Oh,
1: that's a t shirt I yeah. should make at some yeah. point. Then they find out Uh oh. They gave the rabbit to charity. Uh, Wait,
2: but they she hasn't asked for the rabbit
1: yet. Um, oh, you, she, does she like, she takes up the turkey, and she's like, can I show him to the rabbit or yes, something?
2: Yes, and then she wants to. And
1: she's mad, like, why didn't you donate grandma to the charity? She's old. <laughs> and then uh, Julia Duffy, like, to the turkey is like. Oh. I
2: don't want a new one. I loved Petey.
1: Come on, Steph, you, you still have Terry.
2: Get that buzzard out of my face. <laughs> Wait,
1: Julie Julia Duffy is so good on this show.
2: She's so underrated, I think, yeah. as a sitcom actress, because she's really funny without trying hard to
1: be I get so... She was just on The Cool Kids last year mm-hmm. for, like, in their Thanksgiving episode, I think, and I was so happy to see her doing something, because I don't know why she hasn't been a regular on everything. She's done
2: a lot of theater, but okay. she hasn't been... I mean, she was on American Horror Story oh, also, good. Good. But, but she hasn't done a lot of TV. I mean, she's really... She's criminally underrated because she's
1: really, really funny. Yeah. Um, and isn't she also older than she's playing?
2: Yeah, she's like 35 in this episode and she's supposed to be playing like 22. Or is she, like, yeah, she, I think
1: I was surprised when I found out that she is. And I only know that because like now she looks older than you would think she was because you think she's 20 at this right, time. Like, right. it's like, oh no, I guess she was actually playing a lot older. Uh, she's so great. Uh, so she basically like calls up Thanksgiving because they got rid of her stuffed animal and she's like, this is horrible. I hate everyone. We're going back. They go back to the mansion, which has no electricity and no heat. Which I, that's the setup I love. I love a good stranded, fucked up Thanksgiving. Which is
2: every, that hap, that ha, like that has to be a part of every yeah. Thanksgiving episode of every the,
1: sitcom. The first one of New Hearts is they invite everyone from the parade to come over. Like, it rains. And there's also
2: a stranded bus of Native American right, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, you know, uh, one thing that I want to interject here is uh, Jose... Ferrer, who is, you know, up until this point, he's pretty much a really serious actor. He's famous for being Cyrano de Bergerac in, like, I don't know, seven different things, both dramatic and comedic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he is, every time he's on this show, he is completely off the wall all the time. And he's having the time of his life. And it's Oh, yeah, I mean, obvious. Blair,
1: he sits in a spinny chair and mm-hmm. just goes,
2: wee. Like, they had a art- different guy as Stephanie's father, a very genuinely waspy guy, for the first time, and he had no personality, wasn't really interesting, and I read, and I don't know if this was true, that there was um, a little bit of back and forth about casting Jose Ferrer, because he's like he was the first Puerto Rican actor to ever be um yeah. nominated for an Academy Award. So to cast him as a really waspy person was strange casting for the time, but he was so Yeah, he's so great fantastic. The audience the loves him. He
1: gets an applause yeah. break. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, like and Priscilla Morrill comes in, who's also a very famous character actress. Two seconds after him, nothing. No, this <laughs> audience just doesn't like women. No, they at don't all. like
1: any none of the women you get. No women gets applause. None. <laughs> so they're like, Well, we'll just have whatever we eat here, which happens to be Velveeta and mayonnaise. Which is maybe one of the grossest food combinations I can think of. Like, I like Velveeta fine, but I hate mayonnaise, and the thought of like mixing them together is disgusting.
2: But Tom Poston's really excited about it.
1: He's like coming off some of that dark cheese. (laughs) Like, he is super into it. Uh,. And that is when... That's when the Larry Daryl and Daryl come back in.
2: Again, to insane applause. And yeah. people being just really ridiculously excited.
1: And because they uh, saw movement in the in the uh, inn and thought that maybe it was like the Thanksgiving intruder or something. The Thanksgiving so they, elf. The Thanksgiving <laughs> elf. And they're like, well, that's we were hoping that was going to be a new uh, tradition. It's not. So, uh, William Sanderson, right? That's his yes. Name. Yeah. So, when I was a kid, because I remember... My parents didn't watch Newhart, but I, being a child, that had TV on all the time, it would just be on, and I remember, but see it. I remember two things. I remembered um, Bob saying "meow" at the end mm-hmm. in his voice, <laughs> and then I always remembered that I thought that Bob Newhart and Larry were the same actor as I, a child.
2: I thought that um, that Larry was Tracy Walter, and it turns out that Tracy Walter was originally supposed to be cast as Larry because they look exactly like. Yeah. Who yeah.
1: was Bob from? Um, batman
2: yes <laughs> yeah the joker's number one guy so yeah, yeah you
1: are my number one yeah, <laughs> yeah. so wait, I... wait,
2: wait a minute did you get an orange cat because the <laughs> mtm cat is orange and has oh my god i didn't boy. even
1: think of that <laughs> oh that needs to be their halloween costume next year okay okay so yeah i will do that I'll... okay yeah i'm gonna build build a life around this that's amazing <laughs> But yeah, I always thought they were the same person. I feel like I didn't realize that, that was not Bob Newhart until, <laughs> like, college or something. Because I, I... They just looked like my tiny little... Well, also, every, every
2: man on that show is the same height. Like, they're all, like, 5'6 or under. So, yeah. it's very, like... It, Bob...
1: It's... Bob... I think at one point, Bob was, like, 5'8, but now he is, like, 5'5. Five because five. when I met him... Where's the picture of Red us yeah. yeah. Yeah, we are now basically the same height. So, yeah. Because I, I have an affinity for... As a short man, I have a... We're all in a model relationship with any other short man. And all the... Do they ever make short man jokes about Dick? They do not. Because they do about Bob. They do make
2: jokes about him having small feet, but they <laughs> never make jokes about
1: his height. Because that's one of my I love Bob Hartley, is they do make a lot of like him being short jokes. So I relate to it. Um, so they invite them to come to the Minuteman Cafe, which I do like. That is like this vestigial remnant of Kirk, Kirk Devane. Yes. Because that was his cafe. Yes. And they... Never mention him after he leaves. No,
2: never he does not exist. well, no, actually, in the the first episode of the second season, they say that he sent a postcard from Italy, and then he's never gone. Mentioned <laughs> um the Minuteman cafe, although that the set for it completely is destroyed and disappears in the following season um it most of those set pieces and the sign exist and hang in the dining room of the Waybury Inn in Vermont, which is the real location oh. for the exteriors
1: for Newhart. Oh, that is so cool. How how similar? I mean, I'm assuming the inside is not at all similar to
2: no, not at all. Actually, what Newhart is, if you watch this, um, is very similar to the Great Northern Lodge from Twin oh. Peaks. Oh wow! The inside is startlingly similar, um, but the wayberry isn't isn't very much the same on if the inside. If Newhart had
1: all. the same kind of cultural caching as the Brady Bunch. They could. In Vermont, <laughs> do. it
2: does, though. Like, they should do this. There are tourists in New England who go... But I like. I think it probably... And I would love to know this. I think in New England, it probably was much more popular in syndication. It probably yeah. just was more popular a show. But it doesn't always translate to the rest of the country I Yeah.
1: Know. Oh, it is weird. Because like, it should have been Tennessee. Because it's, it's very New England. But it also feels like it's very, very rural. Well, Larry and, like, especially. Larry, Daryl, and Daryl are just... I think
2: he's meant to be from Memphis. So, Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so it seems like that would have been way more popular in Tennessee, and so it should have been a bigger part of my childhood. But it was not. Maybe it's because that New England opening just really scared off all the southerners. I, but and it's I like, think yeah, I mean, channel. I think
2: it's it scared off a lot of people because when you watch it, it kind of is very quaint and very beautiful, but it also looks like this is going to be boring. I know,
1: you, like it's so. It's kind of the same with Cheers. Of like, I mean, if you are under ten, the Cheers theme song comes on, you're like, you're oh god, no! It's why it's so brown and yeah. tan. Oh god. <laughs> it's so sad <laughs> and as an adult it just makes me melt with like nostalgia and uh, tears um so they go in and they say like, this is gonna be like what the this they, they like gonna be like the best meal they've had since groundhog, Groundhog's groundhog Day
2: groundhog Day yeah which
1: as what they described is like when a groundhog comes out of the ground sees Daryl's shadow and then we eat him and then we eat him god yep. uh oh there's also a really great joke of we already- we took the liberty of arranging the seat and boy girl Daryl <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, uh, oh, so then they sit down. Try, they sit down to eat, and they're all like, "Do they eat yet?" No. That they, they, the next thing that happens is the parents come, right? Uh,
2: yes, they're about to sit down to eat. They get the side dishes. They tell Dick that he doesn't understand anything about Thanksgiving because he's he's very incredulous. Oh yeah, they about keep what...
1: asking like, "So what side dishes?" Are like, yeah, cranberries and <laughs> stuff. Obviously, like, what? Do you... <laughs> it's really great, but also like. I don't know how the Minuteman Cafe stays open. Like, they are so... They're never
2: in it. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're known in the neighborhood for cleaning septic systems, so they're really dirty. It's really dirty. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. trust
1: their cooking or not serving ability. And it looks...
2: I mean, they, they made the set very weathered and very stained Yeah, to look like three kind of backwoods brothers who clean septic tanks are the people that run it.
1: I almost like, it looks kudos to them for not also living there. Because <laughs> I could see that. Like, they just moved in. But well, they do it. You see their house every now and then? You see it
2: twice. And yeah. It's uh, in the second episode before their regulars in the Goldilocks and the Three Bears kind of themed episode with Stephanie. It's like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... they're in a shack in the woods. Um, Very and then later on, they're in a different shack that is decorated with pictures of Candace Bergen, who they have a big crush on.
1: <laughs> oh, Murphy Brown's yeah. 80s one. Yeah. Good. Uh, so when Stephanie's parents come and they're like so excited because they found Petey, they like called the charity, got him back. I love. Peter Scalara's reaction when Julia Duffy grabs Petey and is like oh he's here he's and
2: everything it, you thought he'd be and more like he's so excited
1: about it he and he kind of like as soon as she turns away he kind of does this like weird like double take of like I don't know what that <laughs> is it's kind of like a uh, ben, ben Wyatt and little Sebastian moment yeah. like of just like hey okay she's into it sure <laughs> like, but then she finds she's like oh I draw I drew a heart on its foot no heart on its foot and
2: immediately on beat throws it to the ground. Yeah. She knows it's an imposter.
1: I, but then, so instead of, so like, I think like the typical thing a sitcom would comedy was like, oh, well, we just like scoured every store and found one. Newhart, of course, takes it in an abs- absurd direction.
2: And again, where you start to think that the timing of this episode is impossible and yeah. it could not have happened in this time frame at all.
1: It, this is a live action cartoon moment because mm-hmm. the dad is like, I reopened a factory, hired, like, brought in back all the workers to pay triple overtime to go off of old photos and and recreate this one stuffed animal. And that went Stephanie over, not because of, like, the bunny so much as, oh, you ruined a hundred people Thanksgiving.
2: Everyone's Thanksgiving, so you obviously care about me. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, like,
1: weirdly sweet,
2: I guess. But also, I love the way when she greets them, when when she, like, you know, she's like, Mommy, Daddy, and gives them air kisses from oh, yeah. about three from feet away. so far
1: away. There is no warmth <laughs> between... There's enough warmth as all of them want. Yeah. They're all as close as they want to be as I think. And
2: also, credit to Priscilla Morrill, because that was, like, her stock in trade oh. as playing... Really frigid mothers, grandmothers, frigid yeah. judges, like, people who just were not capable of emotions whatsoever. Like Nailed it. it, it. She was that was her career.
1: And that's when, uh, the dad sits down at the, it's like, oh, we need to, we should stay. Look at this place. And he gets in the spinning chair and just, like, And spins. he's so
2: genuinely yeah. excited about it. Like, just mirthful and full of glee.
1: <laughs> so then we finally get the turkey, uh, and... Again, the thirstiest fuck audience woos the turkey. <laughs>
2: woos the turkey. This is my... I feel like we've, we've dropped something really important, which is this whole episode, Dick is so excited to use his knives. Yeah, he, he gets
1: it a, out to, like, carve the cheese, but then they get, like, called away. He has it out for this. He's so stoked. Like,
2: any excuse to use them, and he pulls them out, like, all ready to go.
1: And then... Well, is, when do they say the prayers? Do they say the prayers first? Oh, that's oh, right. I mean, that's so right, I said, yeah. They ask every head of the household to say prayers. And I can't remember, what is Mr. Vanderkillen's prayer?
2: He, uh, he, it ends with him praying for Congress to not go two nuts on tax reform. Right.
1: Considering that he's supposed to be a billionaire, it's very timely. Yep, too. very timely. <laughs> Some things never change. Uh, and then Larry prays, correct? Lord, before we chow down, thank you for the many critters in our pot and all our nice, although offbeat, friends. Take it hard. <laughs> Which I love that from his point of view, everyone else is, is very off Which I guess, yeah, if you're living that Larry Darrow-Darrow life, the fact that all these people wear cardigans all the time-that's <laughs> weird. Um, and then Dick just played. Praise for protection. Against the food, yes. <laughs> so then, oh, then this really great moment of Dick gets out the both knives. He is ready to carve. And then the Daryls just dig in with their bare with hands. With their
2: bigger hands. And it's so oh, nauseating.
1: They it's rip it apart. Stupid. They rip off the drumsticks. They just scoop out handfuls of turkey and then walk around dropping it on <laughs> people's plates. And then Larry has the line to Dick. Excuse me, but I don't think this is the appropriate time to juggle. <laughs> I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) As if he's going to juggle the knives. As if they have no concept. They run a diner and have no concept of what they are. And
2: again, they clean septic tanks as their other job. And that's all I can think of. It's like, that's where your hands have been.
1: Well, their introduction is... Wait, their introduction is getting rid of a dead body found in the basement.
2: Yes, (laughs) dig a witch out of the basement. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Okay, the show did always start off kind of nutty. (laughs) 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 That's how... Uh, um, But so then... They basically say, like, uh, Michael, <laughs> it's time I'll dig in. Michael's like, I think the head of the household should take the first bite.
2: And he's looking in every direction, like, absolutely, genuinely terrified. Yeah.
1: And I do have to give it to Dickley. He's the first one. He is the first one to take a bite.
2: But if you notice, though, he goes, like, right to the edge of the plate, not into the turkey, but, like, a little tiny spoonful yeah. of the stuffing.
1: And then he's surprised that it's good.
2: And he's praying. He's like, Prayers are answered. And yeah. his little new heart stammer.
1: And then. The ending of it, I did not hear because my cat was losing his <laughs> mind. <laughs> they 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 all say like it's good, and then there's an implication that it's groundhog. Yes, or, the, okay. jo-
2: the joke was uh, Larry <laughs> says, "Well, you flatter Daryl." The getting the secret ingredient was a coup, being that it's this far from Groundhog Day.
1: Dun, dun,
0: dun.
2: Yeah. And then everybody drops their forks in unison, and then uh, Jose Ferrer is like, you know, you think.
0: Oh, come on, you Thanksgiving poopers.
1: Good is good. <laughs> and, you know, Thanksgiving is safe. <laughs> Any final thoughts about that episode before we move to trivia? Um,
2: yeah, I think it's one of, uh, it's probably one of my top ten of the series. I wish that it had been more of an ensemble of the townspeople. Oh, God, So Because yes. the townspeople yeah. are, like, they are the strength of that show because they're all so bizarre and I
1: quirky. love the, um, the Halloween episode where they all think that, basically it's like a War of the Worlds yes. episode. and. I love, and again, like, this not being my main jam, I don't know all their names, but like, the one guy with the round head and the mustache, who's always smiling. Oh, Jim, yeah. Yeah, like... Eh, I love his voice and delivery. Like, he's so good. And if
2: you notice, like he didn't, he did his first couple of episodes in like the first season. He doesn't have that delivery at all, and he like he just plays it very straight and very serious. And then he just I don't know when he got the direction to just go completely batshit and sing yeah. with it. But he he holds it for the remaining seven seasons of the
1: show, it's, and it's amazing. He and then there's also the there's also like the guy who's always kind of like talking. I can't uh, the other guy, was a kind of toxic cartoon character. <laughs> they're all so good. Uh, and they're all in one of the other Thanksgiving episodes, I think. Uh,
2: there's, Aren't only, they, there's only two. I think, um, are
1: they, well, who, I guess, were all them around in the one where the parade gets rained out and they all Yeah, well, over? Jim
2: and Chester would have been, because yeah. there's city council people in the show. Right, yeah. Um,
1: oh, that's what, that, that. isn't that how they were all introduced? Yes, how, yes. What a way to introduce all your wackos <laughs> through the city council! <laughs> I guess Parks and Rec, you know, they keep that tradition alive there's a lot of wackos in that city council are you ready for some must-have facts In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Swoo, so 19.5 million people
2: wow, I'm watched
1: in... this season.
2: Oh,
1: I couldn't find episode by episode. uh when you get before... That, it was
2: a Monday night, so I feel like it, that episode might not have had the strongest... Yeah.
1: The, so I did find, for the top 10 shows of that week, it wasn't the top 10. I think it was number 10. Really? So, like... And it was ranked number 12 for that season, for the 86, 87 season. Is that what... The, yeah, this is 86. So I didn't realize that it was that... Like, that's a way bigger hit than the Bob Newhart Show. Is it really? I always Bob I, Newhart show I thought... Bob Newhart only the Show top, was... I thought Bob Show was the top five. No, it was only, like, the top 30 a couple of really? seasons. It was a top 30 show. Also what's surprising as you go back Mary Hunter Moore's show was barely a top 30 show. Really? It just had a bigger cultural impact. I guess it was kind of like the Breaking Bad or Mad Men but of I its also time. think
2: syndication um, yeah. was the savior of a lot of these shows because you know they would not necessarily have been things that people again like the opening credits of Newhart kind of boring you're not going to pick it up on prime time. but when you're sitting around in the afternoon <laughs> like 5pm like, yeah. it's like oh
1: cool yeah I'll watch this it's on. Uh, so yeah, this was, like, a top ten cultural, and also this is season five, right? Yeah, so, like, it's firing in all cylinders, really. Um, it's got a really solid cast. It takes them, like, Julia Duffy comes around in season two. Mm-hmm. Peter Scarlet doesn't join until three? Yeah,
2: he well, he's in the last, like, the last five episodes of season two as a yeah. recurring character and then becomes a regular. So it three. is kind of like
1: a Parks and Rec situation where, like, the cast that you know doesn't actually come around until, like, a little bit in. So, but at this point, everyone is, like, gelling and it's great. Uh, the top the top five shows of that week, I think, because uh, the article I found didn't have numbers, but it put them in this order, so I think that's what they meant. Um, now, five, Who's the Boss, four, Family Ties, three, 60 Minutes, two, Golden Girls, and one Cosby Show. Of course. So, like, of those, Who's the Boss, Family Ties, and the Cosby Show are all almost the same formula of family sitcom. And then Golden Girls is, like, an outlier.
2: Well... Something that I, you know, thought about, like, with this, and we discussed, like, this is, you know, it airs three days prior to, like, the Cheers Thanksgiving episode, yeah. which is the most famous
1: Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving episode orphans. of
2: all time. Which
1: listeners go back and listen to that one of my, I think it was my first or second Thanksgiving episode ever, and, uh, it's a good drunken two-hour episode, so it's wild. <laughs> listen to that on your drive. But
2: it deserves, I mean, that deserves two hours, because it's, like, it's seminal television. It, um, yeah. But I think that you know I used to I used to take a broadcasting course and they had taught us that um, at the dawn of television, uh, people started to get a lot of mental health issues mm. because they were seeing all of these like perfect father knows best families on TV yeah. that they didn't relate to at father all. Father knows
1: best is why wa- I just watched my first father knows best episode this year and I was like this show is
2: it's just Then this- and
1: Donna Reed is like this is.
2: It's crazy, and it's completely not relatable. And they said, like, in the, you know, people started to, like, get, like, psychiatric evaluation and help so much more in the 60s and 70s. It was like
1: the 50s version of Instagram. Right,
2: (laughs) and and it made them completely feel terrible about themselves. And I think the reason why you started to see a lot more of these, A, ensemble shows that broke that formula is because adults didn't, they just didn't, like, your family is who you pick for yourself. Yeah. You know, so many people just didn't like it's obvious that Thanksgiving is a universally stressful time and <laughs> TV responded to that in the same way over and over, but um you know, from Newhart to Uh, to cheers, to later on to friends, like, it, everything became, like, you know, picking the group of people that you choose for yourself to be your, like, ramshackle family, um, having some kind of a disaster that you get through together, and it's very, that was endemic of what it truly was.
1: And also, I think it's, uh, pertinent or whatever that, uh, the Loudons don't have children. Right. Which is also, like, a thing that I just, like, love about Bob (laughs) New (laughs) It's <laughs> that people's was like, I don't want kids on my show.
2: Well, also that like both of Bob Newhart's shows are populated by adults. Yeah, and, and they're
1: two very adult, adult shows. And as someone that like is probably not going to have children, they're... and I one of the first articles I wrote for Decider was about how like the Bob Newhart show is the rare example of like being a happy couple without children in your, like, 30s and 40s. Right. And I love that he just kept getting older. He did not have a child on a show until Bob, when that child could be an adult character.
2: <laughs> because you I, would you would never have related him well to a child actor no, to I begin don't. with. Like, there is one New hard episode where he has a child actor... Actor like and it's awkward. It's really awkward. The interactions are like very stilted and they're funny, but like he never would have no. been able to no, no, portray no, no, that no, person. No, no, no. at all.
1: No. Uh so the Monday night lineup for uh CBS on Mondays at this time was Kate and Allie, uh which I want to watch and I can't find anywhere. Um My Sister Sam, which only lasts for like two seasons. The New Heart, then Designing Women, season one, and then Cagney and Lacey as the ten o'clock drama. So that is a good the CBS Monday Night lineup is one that we don't talk about enough. As like ABC's Friday night and like CBS's Saturday Night in the 70s and the Embassy Thursday, of course. But the CBS Monday Night is home it to a was, lot of. And
2: it was really strong. I know from, and I hate to admit this, but from like cataloging Newhart trivia and episodes and doing just a lot of research in the hopes of one day doing a documentary if anybody out there is listening. Um oh, uh, make it happen soon. Yeah, I would re- i really wanna I really want to do that. But um, you know, it also there like the, the slot that my sister Sam was in, which, and that show ended because the actress was killed. Oh, um, God. Yeah. She, uh, but the, they would always try out really weird sitcoms <laughs> in that, in and that, like, that slot, like, things always kind of started and, and kind of just died in. Um, it, There was a lot of, like, you know, robot cop sitcoms and, like, oh also God, followed that's... by dog cop
1: sitcoms. Oh, please. Yeah. Um, CBS's. Is... Also, like, there was a shift. Like, CBS was hot shit up until, like, Must See TV started. Because, like, Murphy Brown and Designing Women, like, those are very, like, progressive, like, younger-ish But I think, well,
2: when Must See TV started, it also made TV skew younger. Yeah. Almost immediately.
1: Yeah. Because everyone wanted to start doing, like, everyone's in their 20s. Yeah. Everyone, but then, like, CBS, like, dug in their heels of, like, no, the nanny. <laughs> but
2: it was kind of smart because to this day, CBS's viewership is is still much older yeah. than any other network. And they're
1: network. the only one. I mean, their CBS Monday lineup is still important to a subset of the audience that I am not a part of. But it is still a thing. Like, NBC's Thursday Night lineup has gone, even when it had... The great, like, even when it was, like, Office 30, Rock Parks and Community, which are four of the greatest sitcoms of the past 20 years, yeah. no one watched them. <laughs> well,
2: that's also because that audience is the audience that's going to splinter off to watch things on Hulu and yeah. Netflix. Um, you know... Like I hate to use this word, but the Boomer generation is not going to do that. They no, are sitting they in front of the TV. They still love the Monday exactly. night
1: lineup. They've been watching it for thirty years, and, <laughs> and you they're... can
2: kind of tell when I do catch those, like CBS, like NCIS, those dramas. Like they are playing to that audience hard, even oh, yeah. when they're trying to be action. Yeah, um, they are. They are just clicking all the buttons that they know. Kind of older people want to have clicked.
1: <sighs> I love it. every every thing. Every office. And all those are these like high tech luxury. It's Like no, no, like cop office looks no, like that. Right like they now. have
2: giant screens that you can yeah, swipe with your finger. It's so
1: wild. Uh, uh, so on IMDb, thirty only thirty one users ranked this episode, and they rated this seven point seven out of ten. I think it's way too low.
2: I think all of those users are from my group,
1: though. <laughs> Gee, come, well, come. I mean, I guess so. Compared to other New Heart episodes, is this a 7.7, or is it, I feel like this is, I would give this, like, an 8.3, 8.4. It's,
2: no, you know, I think, honestly, I think 7.7 is, it's, it's kind of, it's up there, like, it's a good episode on its own, it's a good Thanksgiving episode, but the best episodes of New Heart are so good, yeah, yeah, that yeah, it yeah. kind of, like, the, the scale is really, it knocks everything out of whack, um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, and who had the must see performance of this episode? I'm
2: gonna say I, I'm gonna say Jose Ferrer just because I love how deeply he gets into it, like and yeah. how just he's just absolutely the ribald enthusiasm which with, he attacks the character. I love it so much.
1: Uh, I will I will give it to Julia Duffy. Just because we need to talk about her more as a talent. Oh,
2: absolutely.
1: Uh, She's got some really great moments in here. Especially for hinging an entire episode on being mad about a stuffed animal being thrown away. (laughs) She kills it. (laughs) And must other people see this episode of television? I
2: think so. I think in terms of, you know, if you're going to ingratiate somebody to Newhart as a first-time viewer, I absolutely think it's one of, it's probably one of like ten that I would have people see right off the bat. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I definitely, especially because now it is Thanksgiving time, so please track it down somewhere. You can buy the DVDs very cheap on Amazon. That's what I've done. And what is, so what is keeping it from streaming? What are the rights? Who's holding things up?
2: I think, well, as far as I know, um, I know the there used to be a channel, a Canadian channel called Pumpkin Goo that was on YouTube that used to show it. Pumpkin Goo? Pumpkin Goo. And that's why if you, if you see it, like, even copied anywhere on YouTube, it's got Pumpkin Goo's watermark on it. So, wait, um, what is
1: Pumpkin Goo? It's I, a streaming service? It's a, or no, it's a...
2: just a dude. It's just a person. might be Oh, a it's... Okay, yeah. I thought... So it's
1: not an officially and named they, thing called Pumpkin Goo.
2: they <laughs> That channel had nothing but the entirety of New Heart on for, like, like, six years, and then when the final DVD release came out, and you could buy all of them, I believe it was Shout Factory, um, copyright struck them oh. to take them down. So... Um, or it could have been, it's maybe also when the first, maybe the first season went on Hulu, it's possible that that was the copyright strike that they got. But, um, but it is really, really, if you don't own a DVD player and you're just somebody that streams stuff, you, you're kind of shit out of luck. Yeah,
1: it really is. I'm always curious about those streaming service, because I know, like, so there are some things like Sony is very weird about their shit, like Bewitched and I Dream of Genie are no are nowhere. That's why I get really excited when people, when streaming services are announced, I get excited, like, when NBC announced Peacock, I'm like, oh, cool, all the Universal stuff is gonna be streaming. Right. This is great. Uh, I can't remember what, that that includes some, like, really interesting shit. Um, like, HBO Max getting fresh prints, I'm like, good, that's what I'm here for, that's what I want, that's what I'm into. <laughs> and so, things like New Heart, it's like, I don't know who has the rights. But it's also,
2: I feel like one of the issues that with that is that, You know, the idea is going to be like, everyone's going to cut the cord because we're streaming everything, but now you have to have a subscription to so many different things.
1: so stupid. And also, like, Disney buying Hulu, the only reason that worries me, well, aside from Disney shouldn't own everything, and it's very upsetting that they are just (laughs) buying everything, but also they make a lot of stuff I like, but also, like, conflicted times. I don't want them to touch Hulu's classic TV library because Hulu, because no other streaming service gets a shit, Hulu is the one that has been slowly just buying, oh, you're not using that? We'll take it. We'll take it. Them getting Designing Women is crazy. But I'm that happy was because prayer.
2: that's also, right, it was forgotten by time. Yeah. Um. But I know that Newhart also, there are a couple of things. Like, even in syndication, there's, like, nine episodes they can't show for the stupidest rights issues. It's just, like, and actor the, hasn't signed off? No, because, like they don't want to pay Frito-Lay to use the Cheetos logo. Um, like, and there's one because they use a Frank Sinatra song and that's problematic, but, like, there's, like, one that can't stream because they use a book title and, like, the author, I think, doesn't want to sign off on that. It's the dumbest weird stuff like issues that. ever.
1: Honestly, New Heart is so weird, they should just, like, bleep that out. Like, they sh- they could do something like Author doesn't want this said, and it would make sense. Yeah, it's not in the like, I mean, like it's
2: not like show. Murphy Brown, where it was kept off forever yeah. because of the music issues. Those
1: insane music, um, where like the characters are actually singing and interacting with the songs, which makes it very hard to pluck out. Which is shitty because Murphy Brown's just lost, and that's why the revival tank right it's because no one knows this show
2: not at all like they had no nothing to to like no backstory with it same thing and like oh. also wkrp in cincinnati is another one yeah where the music kept it off syndication for like decades and decades it's
1: really uh upsetting <laughs> i don't know sometimes i fantasize about what i would do with like if i had a billion dollars and it'd be like do like fix all that i mean probably like you know uh cherries and Actually, but, also the, but also get the, the rights, the to rights to
2: out of people who are going to nitpick it <laughs> and uh, not, until, yeah.
1: Or even things like, you know, what I will pay the millions of dollars to make a Murphy Brown DVD box set just because we need to see it. Be, because
2: things should be—I mean, you should be able to collect art in its entirety, and it's just—it is the dumbest reason for things to just sit shelved. Yeah, you know, I mean, those masters don't go anywhere; they keep them just in case, and they just sit and rot in a room somewhere. <sighs>
1: Save television. <laughs> uh, where can people find you on the internet if they um, want to talk about Newhart? I mean, the Newhart Facebook group Yeah, is... the
2: Newhart uh, Facebook group is really easy to find. That is just uh, facebook.com slash welcome to the Stratford. Huh? Um, I okay. am... My Twitter is a garbage fire, but I am on Twitter <laughs> at... at Who is J, at, um, Yeah, just R-E-G-A-N-J-A-Y-E. And I am oysters on the half shirt uh, on Instagram, which is probably also a garbage fire, but less so...
1: <laughs> everything is everything's wrong but you know we still have DVDs damn it of really weird photoshopped heads on bodies and, and Mary
2: Fran's teeth which you can see in the dark because yeah. they whitened <laughs> them so much
1: that's almost the thing that might be what Bob's wearing in the Thanksgiving episode actually they also like <laughs> that, that head is not angled right with that body but anyway <laughs> <laughs> and that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV thanks again to my guest Reagan J. Fishman for dropping by and talking about New Heart with me Next time on the show, I'll be discussing the Mama's Family episode. Santa Mama. Santa Mama is in season three, is episode 13 of season three, and you can pretty much buy every episode of Mama's Family in iTunes. So just a programming note, I will be off next week, and then we will begin the Christmas portion of the holiday gauntlet in December. Until then, I want to hear from all of you. Tweet your questions about sitcoms to at Must Have Scene TV, where you can also follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram, at Must have TV. If you like like we've heard, rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. Read the words that I write at Decider.com. The theme song is Apollo Throwdown by The Go Team. Thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Thanks to y'all for listening. And I'll see you next time on Must Have Seen TV.